It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Welcome to Episode 3 of Left of Field. I'm Danny Kavanagh and today I'm joined by the inspiring Olympic swimmer, Brianna Thrussell. Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour to be on. How have you been spending your isolation time? Not spending my time in the pool, that's for sure. But yeah, I've been trying to sort of keep fit outside of the pool. A bit of walking, running, on the bike, doing a little bit of gym and lots and lots of uni work. Swimming is such an elite sport and you are definitely very fit. How do you stay fit outside the pool? Is it just the walking? Is it more socialising? Because it's such an individual sport in the pool. Yeah, it is a really individual sport. But I guess the, there was a quad of 10 swimmers. So it's actually been really, really unique getting to you know train with every day. And obviously now that we can train with 10 people, it's great. But you know prior to that restriction being lifted, um, I guess most of my training I was sort of doing solo. It, it has its ups and downs, that's for sure. You know, when you've got 10 people, you have to be really accountable for when you when you get to training and getting to train with your teammates. So, you know, when you are by yourself, if you, you know, feel a bit lazy one afternoon, you can just easily be like, oh, I just want an afternoon off. So, yeah, I guess being staying motivated to train by myself through sort of six weeks has been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Have you been given a plan by your coaches or how are you staying at your peak? my weakness sort of is my strength so I've used this six weeks to try to get a bit stronger like outside of the pool so yeah we kind of the first two weeks were really really um like take a break step away from step away from swimming sort of understand what's happened obviously the Olympics are now a year later that sort of thing so we just wanted to sort of comprehend and sort of wrap our heads around what the process is and then I guess the next four weeks from that have been you know hard, hard training but it's more just trying to maintain our fitness and Swimming fit and sort of land fit are very, very different. So I feel like we are going back to training um, Thursday morning, which is really exciting. But I know that I'll be very, very not swimming fit. And I, you know, I would have built a lot of aerobic capacity on the land, but unfortunately it's quite different to swimming. But yeah, we just had to do the best we could in, in those six weeks. Are you feeling strong and ready to get back in the pool? Yeah, definitely. I feel like my strength has improved a lot. You know, I've been doing a fair bit of weight sessions so, yeah, I guess my coach and I decided that it was probably a great opportunity to work on that given that, you know, I can go to a, my, you know, gym and weight session without sort of the fatigue that I was carrying from the pool. A really good time to improve that. And, I, yeah, I think I really have done sort of what the coach has asked of me, which I'm happy with. I've also seen that you've been spending your time doing some baking, making some cookies and seeing some friends. <laughs> yeah, I have such a sweet tooth, so... I have, yeah, tried to sort of bake some different bits and pieces. I, um, actually this morning I cooked, they're called brookies. And I've never heard of this term before, but it's actually a brownie cross of a cookie. What so is that, a brookie? Was, yeah, a brookie, yeah, brownie and cookie. Well, I've got a mean cookie recipe, so I think we're going to have to maybe get in the kitchen and both make something and have a little <laughs> battle because um, – I don't know if you know this, it wouldn't actually be our first. We actually competed at swimming carnivals when we were at high school. <laughs> yeah, we did. I was a bit of a breaststroker and I remember every time I'd get in the pool and your name would be there and you would blitz us, obviously. Oh, I was always devastated. <laughs> so I've hold- oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, this is us at the, you know, the age of 14, 15. You, every year you'd, I'd come up against you so maybe I can... Uh, get one back over you in the yep, in the kitchen. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's take it back to the beginnings. How did you get into swimming? I think I've sort of grown up always loving water. When I was you know, really, really young, my parents um, thought that, you know, water safety in Australia is so important with beaches and pools sort of, you know, left, right and centre. So from a really, really young age, like even six months, I was taken to mummy and baby sort of water classes and I loved it. And my mum used to tell me that they were like the highlight of my week and I just used to just enjoy them so much. So, yeah, I feel like I've always sort of had a bit of a passion for the water. I guess from a young age, I then joined like a learn to swim program and then just a really, really small sort of squad program just swimming, you know, three afternoons a week after school. You know, I moved to sort of a bigger club, which offered some mornings a week. And yeah, it was just a really, really gradual and natural progression to becoming, you know, a professional swimmer. When did you know that you wanted to take it seriously and compete? I had always sort of taken it seriously. It was never sort of just just a hobby. For me, when I really sort of flipped a switch was in 2012. I went to my first Open Nationals. That's when sort of anyone of any age can compete in Australia. And it was obviously 2012. It also combined with the Olympic trials for that year. So I 16 at the time and year 11. And I just thought it was the most incredible experience. And I I was there on the last night where the full team got announced to go to the Olympics um, in London and I just thought it was so incredible and I guess from that point on I dedicated the next four years to qualifying for um, the Rio Olympics. Yeah what was that like qualifying for the Olympics because you mentioned 2012 was the first you know big event for you and then in 2015 you really you know made a name for yourself and then you are at the Rio Olympics what was that lead up like? Yeah, in 2015, I had a little bit of a breakout year. I was finishing fourth at, at the World Champs, which I was, to be honest, really, really shocked with. So like, it put a little bit of pressure on sort of the next season and wanting to qualify the 200 butterflies. So to be honest, that exact moment when I touched the wall and saw like we get like a queue next to our time, because to mean we've qualified, it was just utter relief. I think like there was so much pressure and pressure like as in from other people but I just I wanted to be on that team so badly so it was like the feeling was utter relief to see that I qualified. And you made the 200 metre fly finalist you were at the Olympics speak to me about going to Rio what was it like representing your country? It was yeah it was a massive honour I think Olympics is the pinnacle of swimming and I was yeah it was an absolute honour to be able to wear the green and gold and do the best I could for my country. When you're over there and you're surrounded by the world's best, how does everyone act, you know, in the cafeteria? Are you kind of I you know, are you kind of blown away by who's who you're sitting next to? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's quite a surreal feeling sort of being in the dining hall with all of these, you know, incredible, incredible athletes. Like I am just a girl from Perth, you know, on the table next door to Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal, even Michael Phelps at that stage had come off an incredible 2012 year and, you know, 2016 still at the Olympics. So, yeah, just to be surrounded and, you know, associating and even at the same competition as such incredible athletes who I've just forever put on a pedestal was, it was an amazing feeling. Who are your idols in the pool? I guess I, I really admire um, what, like Michael Phelps has done, and I think like a lot of people have a lot of admiration for him. But I really, I really admire Stephanie Glass as well. I think her performance in 2000 and 
eight at the Olympics with three gold and a world record was, yeah, just incredible. And I think she's a, like a great person outside of the pool. And I, yeah, I've met her on a couple of occasions and she's been so welcoming and so knowledgeable. So I really think she's an incredible person. Now you were a finalist at the Olympics. How do you sum up your result? Are you happy with how you went in Rio? <laughs> no, I finished last. <laughs> so yeah, I was, um, I'm really was disappointed with the result um, that I came home with from Rio. I, yeah, I made the final, which I was, yeah, pleased about. But unfortunately, I did finish last, eighth, as some people like to put it, in the final. So, I, I, yeah, I really came home, took a couple of weeks off, assessed what my goals were. You know, do I want to go for another four years? Um, what's the plan? How am I going to improve on that? So, yeah, I guess it was more of a learning experience. And I think even when you don't swim so well, you, you always have to take something from that. And I guess. Um, I just became more motivated from, you know, not sort of performing how I'd hoped to. Yeah, you definitely got a hunger and just in um, 2019 made the 4 by 200 freestyle relay team and you guys took out the championship? Yes, yeah, we did and the world record was the absolute highlight of my career. Has <laughs> that kind of put you in a good mental space heading into the Tokyo Olympics? Yeah, absolutely. I I've always sort of lacked confidence as a swimmer and I think that's that's something I've really tried to improve on in the past few years and like 2018 was a stepping stone and then yeah 2019 to have an even better year I was oh yeah I was really really excited for what 2020 could have brought obviously now it's going to be 2021 but yeah other than that like I'm yeah really excited to continue swimming and you know show the world sort of what I've been training for. Yeah, what are your strengths in the pool? What do you think makes you such a good swimmer? Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Maybe I guess it's hard to say that. I guess when I like analyze my race, my turn's not the best in the world. My dive's not the best in the world. My stroke's not the best in the world. So I guess I look at things outside of the pool, and I think that for me, communication is a huge thing, and for my coach to sort of understand. Where I'm at with life is, is how I sort of perform best in the pool. And I just think that that's been a huge thing, a huge part and a role for me to play in my sort of training and racing is for him to understand sort of what's happening um, in my life. So I think communication is probably something that I am really strong at, which is really helping me. When it's such an individual sport and your results, you know, are plastered across the screen and around the world if you make the Olympics – how do you stay so determined and how do you keep getting back in the water even after a challenging times? I guess it's something I'm so passionate about and it's something that, let's take 2020, initially being cancelled, I was, I was just gutted. So it's something that I think my passion is the reason that I'm able to sort of, you know, get up early to be able to you know, follow a black line for 25 hours a week. Yeah, my, my passion is forever growing and really makes training and racing. Yeah, I love it. Why do you love swimming so much? Why does it bring you so much joy? Um, the people you meet worldwide is incredible. Like to have friends in so many, so many countries all over the world is, is an incredible, yeah, incredible experience. I know I've you know, being in communication with so many of them and talking to them about, you know, what's their isolation like and what are their sort of restrictions. So just to be able to have that is, it's really incredible. And even if I wanted to say, go travelling to Argentina, I've got friends there. Just that sort of things 
really like an incredible part of swimming and getting to travel internationally. But apart from that, representing Australia is has got to be the highlight of being an athlete, I think. And yeah, getting to wear the green and gold, even better, getting to stand up on the podium and sing the national anthem is just such an honour to be able to do that for Australia. And uh, yeah, I'm so proud and lucky that I can do that. What are your goals for Tokyo? What are you most looking forward to? Making the team, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess step one, or step one is to get back in the pool. And then, yeah, step two is, you know, qualify myself on the team, which is probably a lot, lot more nerve-wracking than actually racing the Olympics themselves. Like the pressure to just get on the team is so huge. And once, once you're on, it's like the weight has just been lifted off my shoulders. So, yeah, I guess my next goal is to get myself on the team. And after that, I guess it depends sort of what races I've qualified for, but ideally I'd like to maybe be in for the 100 and 200 butterfly as well as a few relays. Now, you're not just a one-trick pony, really. You're juggling a lot in life at the moment. What is the challenges of training for the Olympics? You study physio and pre-medicine at Notre Dame, and you also run an online business, which is a dress hire business here in Perth called West Coast Dress Hire. How do you manage so many different strings? Um, I would like to say I have really good time management, which is true. But I guess I've also got a lot of help from, like, from other people, or not necessarily help, but support. Who, you know, if I am having an off day, they all lift me up and encourage me to sort of get back to doing, get back to doing everything. But I actually am not studying physio and pre med anymore. I've recently transferred to um, studying business online. So that has made it so much easier to be able to sort of combine everything because I was, you know, I was trying to do 30 hours of swimming a week, 20 hours of uni on campus, nothing was online. So it was all getting quite difficult. Um, So yeah, the recent change to doing uni online has been an absolute dream, but I don't think I ever estimated how much work the dress hire business is. (laughs) Like, I guess pre-COVID it was, I was really excited how it was doing. Yeah, I guess I never never thought how much work and time it would take so um yeah I've recently employed employed someone to help me out a little bit um just with sort of try-ons as they that is the try-ons are really really tedious and you sort of have to be home for quite a few hours each day yeah I guess (laughs) to answer that time management is key but also to have such a good um support network around you to help you you know through your busy times yeah, have you always had a passion for fashion? How did you get involved in starting a dress hire? I wouldn't say I've always been really fashionable, like <laughs> growing up, or I've been—I've never been a really girly girl and wanting to wear pink dresses, sort of thing. No pink swimsuits. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had had been to a couple of awards nights and ceremonies through swimming, and, and I had a few dresses lying around, and a friend suggested put them on clothes for rent page on Facebook, and if you can rent them out. Anyway, it kind of just grew from there. And I was yeah, pretty lucky that I didn't really go out and invest any capital in it. I just, yeah, just let the business grow as as it would. And I never sort of put any pressure on it. Like, okay, I just, I want to make this, you know, a business. It was more just, oh, this is a bit of a fun hobby. Um, you know, I did it a bit over the summer and yeah, it grew. Yeah, it grew quite, quite rapidly. And yeah, it's um, a good little business I've got going now. Something to keep you occupied. And did that lead to you wanting to change into business as a degree? Yeah, it did. Um, I guess I 
done a few business subjects in school and I really enjoyed them and I'd been associating with a couple of people in, in the sort of corporate world and they were sort of talking to me about their jobs and roles and yeah, I guess I decided to I could sort of see myself heading down that path and although physio and pre med is great, I probably can't really justify the time studying that right now as swimming is my number one priority. So yeah, I made a little change and yeah. So who is Brianna Thrustle without swimming? I guess without swimming, I'd probably like to describe myself as um, an academic young female who enjoys running an online business and has the dream of working on St. George's Terrace one day. Yes. Is that what's the post-swimming goal? Uh, I guess to finish the business degree and I guess I have thoroughly enjoyed economics so far in the degree and I really enjoyed that in school. So, yeah, maybe something to do with that, but I'm, I'm really not too sure at the moment. I just sort of want to get my degree done and sort of I wouldn't be able to sort of, you know, get a full-time job until after swimming for about 2024, 2025, about that time. So I've got a, got a while to wait still. Yes, and a couple more Olympics left in you? Yeah, fingers crossed. Ideally, after 2020, I was planning to go for one more cycle. So that takes me to Paris 2024. And I would love to retire on, on a bang in 2024, provided I'm sort of injury and illness free and still loving the sport. Um, that's my plan. And you see yourself staying in Perth. You've travelled around the world. Are you loving it here? I am, yeah. I'm definitely open to change. But um, for now, yeah, I'm pretty set in my ways in Perth. But I guess after um, Tokyo 2021, I'll reassess and sort of see what's happening. And if change has happened that, yeah, and I need to move, I'm open to that. But, yeah, for now I'm staying in Perth. Now, you are a really determined, hardworking young lady. What is your motto for life? What keeps you going? My motto is believe in yourself. I think I've always sort of struggled with confidence, whether it be walking to a test, an exam in school, um, university exams, and, yeah, I guess in more sort of important reasons, um, swimming. And I, I, yeah, used to get really, really nervous and believe that I, you know, couldn't do it or couldn't qualify, couldn't get a PV. So, you know, in the past years, I've really tried to flip the switch and be as confident as I can and believe in myself and that the training that I've done has really prepared me for what's to come on race day. Well, you've definitely deserved everything you've got and I can't wait to see how you go in the 2020 Olympics. Good luck with all your preparations and we're going to have to have that cookie battle. Oh, oh, sounds good. Thanks for chatting to me today. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed my first two episodes, be sure to go back and give them a listen and let me know what you think. Next up, I'll be chatting to the number one stand-up paddleboarder in the world. Thanks again and arrivederci.